Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. And, and here's what we're going to do with the camera. We're going to have it follow the back of your legs right into your butthole. And that's just going to be the camera <laughs> movement for about 10 seconds. Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of CinemaSins. I'm Aaron Dicer, and I'm joined as always by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Danae. Or should I say hello, hello? <laughs> apparently I'm British. <laughs> and Danae Hughes. Hello, hello. We write for... Is that, wait, did sin- I do that right? I don't... I, what's wrong? That How could you do that British. wrong? <laughs> Well, I was trying to like make it like the creepy sort of like the way that Jonathan hello hello, but I've never seen the content that he oh, references. Oh, I see, I see. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sure, I'm sure it was fine. Oh, I wasn't referencing anything. I was just being dumb. I thought oh. Aaron was like being like all royal. It sounded like I'm the way he was saying doing my an name. intro here, guys. I've got a <laughs> sentence left. <laughs> Okay, okay. You already entered us. We are writing for CinemaSins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the CinemaSins universe as well. Now go. Just go and talk about whatever you want. I just said you already entered us. I didn't say introduce. I said enter. (laughs) So this is the show. Guys, guys, this is the show today. Um, uh, If we were all in the same room together and Aaron was trying to like rein us in i feel like at some point in time he would just like put his hand over jonathan's mouth and my mouth and just like talking to the microphone just to shut us us up there's a a point there's a point you reach where you're just like okay i just like i gotta pad the walls that's the only choice now like i can't stop them from running into the walls i just have to make it more comfortable for them uh so yeah so that's that's kind of where we're at today thank you for entering us (laughs) <laughs> you're welcome you're very welcome uh how are you guys i mean we're obviously 
nicely loopy. We just recorded a uh, members-only show for the Sin Club members uh, based on a question from them, uh, which we do every month. And so we kind of got a little loopy from that. So now we're entering into the main show, uh, and now we're loopy on main. uh, And Mm -hmm. that's, that's just happening now, so... So, yeah, yeah, we mainline loopiness around yes. here. You guys got to get into that Patreon thing. Listen to that Bodie Pod, man. It was it was the bee's knees. I'm telling <laughs> you, it, was, it is true. It is true. I mean, it was just. It, you're going to be all it's just it's going to be all the all, everyone's going to be buzzing about it the, the coolest thing how is <laughs> how did we ever get to the point where it was like you know what the coolest thing ever is where where bees legs bend that's like re, like that is yeah what is, is there the anything of that? is there anything that describes amazingness better than the leg joint of flying insects i mean come I've on i've never thought about that Come on. Never thought about it. Okay, okay, okay. I did my infamous quick Google search, incredibly accurate. Yes. Says the phrase the bee's knees which was originally an eighteenth century fanciful phrase which referred to someone something that didn't exist. Uh, it was used okay. as All a right. kind of spoof item apprentices would be sent to the stores to fetch. Like a tartan paint or a left-handed hammer, hmm. this meaning is no longer used. That oh, is, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you for Danae's trademark, incredibly accurate Google instant Google search. <laughs> uh, we'll have to do those every once in a while. Um, that makes a lot of. It reminds me of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, which we now use as an actual thing to be like, "Hey, you can do it. Do it yourself." You can do it. When that ori- the phrase originally uh, uh, was a- started, it was about impossible things. It meant literally that something was impossible. You can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps. So people would use it to be like, you know, yeah, go ahead, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, as in it's never happening. And now we use it as an actual, <laughs> you know, thing to encourage people. <laughs> it's just like, come on. I love, I love stuff like that. Come Me on. Too. Yeah. Except for the, except for the use of literally. I, I, I think I'm always going to be a little upset that the word literally does not mean literally yeah <laughs> no it does it does that's that's like that some one's crap. gonna bug me yeah that's like they finally just gave in and put ain't in the dictionary no i'm sorry literally is is what it means it will be what people decide it will be language is always yep. evolving and changing and yeah david cross has i don't i don't know if you could find this i saw uh, this was like back in the early 2000s he had a bit about people using literally wrong and mm-hmm. you know, he's talking about he had this conversation with this guy that was like i literally shit my pants he's like oh that must have been rough man did did you have to like go home or did you have was it a mess you know like i mean he's like no i didn't i didn't really shit my pants i literally <laughs> shit my pants <laughs> yeah yeah let's let's talk about language let's let's do it uh actually we're here to talk about cinema sins content i think is technically hey, we why we're here language in our we videos. do it is part of what we do and it's part of what we uh love to do so let's get into it we'll start with the sin side scoop what's he building in We're going to take a look at the videos from the week, the process of sending them, uh, how we felt about the stuff we're sending in general. Um, we are still on a Phineas and Ferb run uh, on TV Sins, and so we did the Star Wars episode of Phineas and Ferb. This was a Dicer Hughes script, Danae and I writing on this one. Um, I don't have anything to add to this except Disney is loves putting their properties together, and now that they have Phineas and Ferb and Star Wars, of course there was going to be... I- a Phineas I, and Ferb Star I Wars. I to add though. I did not like this. Oh, uh, this episode. Yeah, I thought it. I didn't think it was funny at all. I thought it was really. Um, you know, it was really funny that you had the wink, wink. Yeah, it's very uh, fan service. Yeah. 
because that's all this episode that's all this was yes. like and then, which was sad because Phineas and Ferb is a genuinely funny show right you know and I and I felt like this was just I guess we should do a Star Wars one and then they you know and but they didn't really think much beyond that I don't want to like I'm not I don't I don't, I don't want to like knock the writers and stuff I'm just saying for me personally this was my least favorite episode I've seen so far yeah um, I think like I think I sort of liked it because the idea is that Phineas and Ferb somehow fit into the Star Wars universe in the background, almost as if you watched the movie and you looked in the background, you might see like Mm -hmm. a platypus run by or something like that. Just Mm -hmm. that idea that layered over the top of this epic movie these this epic content is now this silly cartoon you know that was the best aspect of it like they didn't try to make them like luke skywalker or something like they were still phineas and ferb they were just hanging out in star wars exactly and as i was watching it to senate i not knowing what to expect i was relieved same as you're Mm -hmm. saying that they tried to find a clever way to sort of go about it i mean it still is and of course, they have their music going on and they still have the Phineas and Ferbisms and you get to see these interesting things happen, like, you know, the brothers fighting each other, which has that tension that you wouldn't normally see, I guess. I mean, again, I haven't watched all Phineas and Ferb, so I'm I'm very limited in the knowledge that I have of all of their content. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, hey, shout out to to those who left comments on a couple of episodes ago, letting us know that they don't all happen in the summer, that there's a couple that are like Christmas that don't happen in the summer. And oh, stuff. sure. Yeah. So pe- people love the show and they're, they're very, very well versed on it. And they love this episode as well. Like this is a very beloved episode. Well, I get I get why people like it. Because- just, yeah. the jokes the jokes just fell flat for me is all it was because yeah. the way they approach it makes it so that it could be canon right i mean they specifically say it's not but it, the idea like nothing has changed and i think the creators even said we wanted to do an episode where it you know it if you could believe that this was stuff that actually happened along the same mm-hmm. time, it really is the same concept as Lion King one and a half. I don't know if you guys have, have seen that, but it's the exact same thing where you've got Timon and Pumbaa in the background of all the big events from Lion King. It's kind of that side story kind of There's idea. There's an actual movie called Lion King one and a half. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is it like a direct to video or something? I think I so. believe it was, but it's but it's beloved. It is definitely people who uh, you know it's it's the most huh. beloved Lion King sequel I think, um, including the the remake. Yeah, I mean I remember <laughs> when Disney was doing all their direct to video sequels. Like I think Aladdin was the big one because they actually got Robin Williams back for mm-hmm. that one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I did not. I've never heard of Lion King one and a half. That's fun. Well, that, the, that that sounds worth watching. It, it is fun. It is really fun. I would encourage people to watch mm-hmm. it. It's a really great movie. Um, but uh, the it's really the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead thing, right? Like it's it's yeah, the that's idea- what it sounded like to me. Yeah, yeah, it's the idea of a side story that takes place during the main story and from characters who are kind of aware that they're in a story and yeah. So or you know. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are undead, which actually is. A- if I could I go, also thought it. <laughs> yes, it is. If I could go back in time, I, I would probably make a uh, a Finn and Stanson Furbenstern or something kind of, yeah, <laughs> kind of joke. Oh yeah, it was, yeah, it I was hate interesting when you go back. too to see the the little the young girl that's always like what doing sorry fans i don't remember her name isabella but for her to isabella for her to be this different style of character where she's just this little badass that was kind of she, fun too she was she was han solo basically right basically she was yeah, basically yeah. like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah uh, almost like his competitor um and then candace and uh, as a stormtrooper was also fun i thought because 
it fits her personality well. You know, okay, that she's... fine, guys. This is the best fucking thing ever. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of her ship? What was the name of it? Was it like the Century, you know, Panda Bear or something instead of it, Millennium Falcon? Uh, <laughs> was it like a gerbil or something? Yeah, it was. I thought that was funny. It was like we just combined an amount of time with an animal. <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, the Millennium Falcon makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I also thought that it. I thought it was also like the uh, the uh, coffee roast thing was really like it ha- had fun, but that is kind of a segue into stuff that could have worked differently, maybe like a little bit better. So mm-hmm. it wasn't it was exciting. I don't know to send this one for me. I, I, I was very nervous going in as well. I'm always nervous going in on Star Wars things, and I continue to wonder why am I always assigned them? I don't know. I don't know. Because you're so good at it. That's why. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, yeah, I learned a lot from uh, from Chris on assigning things. He's like, assign somebody who uh, loves something and then somebody who is indifferent to something. And so you're the indifferent one. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the video itself. Jonathan, you didn't write on this, so why don't you kick us off? What were some of your favorite things? Uh, I enjoyed that you were calling the episode nostalgia porn and comparing it to heroin. I thought that was really uh-huh. funny. Yeah. Uh, uh, Candace's neck. Uh, yeah. that was that was fascinating. Uh, oh, the way I, they hey, decided before, to go about doing that. <laughs> before you go on, it's the Centennial Chihuahua. Centennial Chihuahua. Oh, that's what nice. it was. Yeah, is yeah. the name of her ship. Um, complimenting the store name and then sending it for not having commas. That like I was like, did I write that? <laughs> <laughs> I know I didn't, but. Uh, I felt I felt seen. Um, and then, um, I, yeah, so that was that was the main stuff I wrote down. Um, oh, and then I'm beginning to think the animators have a severe Twilight fetish was really funny. And did we talk about that on Star Wars Rebels? We we, we, we talked talk about, about that, my, my Twilight uh, fetish. Yeah, before we've mentioned how I always see their head coverings as underwear. I think we've we've had this conversation. And so it's like it was actually a sin, right? In in the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it looked. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was a sin in, uh, but it was was it Rebels? Yeah, I think it was Rebels. It was some Star Wars property. We did a sin like, like that. Like boxer yeah. shorts. Well, like she yeah. was like Danae wrote something. It looked like she was wearing like a like underwear or something mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Yeah. on her head. Yeah. I thought yeah. I, I had some deja vu with that, but I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. Exactly Danae what it wrote was. that. Danae wrote that. Yeah. 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 That was Danae. <laughs> <laughs> well, Danae and I wrote on Rebels, so. Yeah, we sure did. Because <laughs> we're Star Wars fans. That's right. That's, That's right. I, I, I'm on all the Star Wars stuff, guys. <laughs> I like how you delivered that one too, where you're like, whew, saved it. That was really fun. <laughs> but yeah, that's all. I, and you guys had some observations about like the Star Wars, the stormtroopers wearing corsets, uh, which are sexy, by the way. Not the stormtroopers, but corsets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, but I can only imagine how uncomfortable they are. Yeah. Uh, I was also thinking, it was funny. I did like how you were talking about where they were like, there's, you know, there weren't, there weren't girls there or whatever. <laughs> Which I totally got your point, but I was also thinking like, and there actually were girls there, but then I was like, well, I mean, if I was single and, you know, somebody was making me move somewhere where there were, when there was no possibility of a relationship, I might be a little perturbed. Yeah, <laughs> you'd figure it out. You'd figure it out. <laughs> There's pictures and uh, stuff. Danae, what, what do you got? <laughs> Uh, we've already said the wink wink, but I really wanted to cu- touch back on that because, you know, you really animated your delivery on it. I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wink, oh, wink. <laughs> yeah. Just to be like yeah, super on the nose. I almost on that. I almost noted that that might not be enough. And then I saw that he did a few. I was like, well, Aaron clearly has something in mind here. So yeah. I was just like, you know, because that is different now that you're narrating. So like, I, I think I probably don't really question a lot of things because obviously if you're writing it, you know, you're. Um, I'm in my own plan. Yeah. 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 
um, the uh, sending the Mandalorian child again because we saw Perry jump onto the back. <laughs> yep, had that. I would. That was so exciting, and it was in the that comments too, uh, which was fun. That they're in the comments is like uh, they referenced that exact sin, saying something to the tune of, um, uh, "Now we know why they actually did this episode," which just cracks me up to think that we would select this episode just so we can send Mandalorian again for that one moment. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's just fun, you know, silly world building for what we do here on the Sense team. That's not what happened, but it was so funny to see it pop up on screen. I'm like, yeah, see, you can, you can go. <laughs> I'm in my office watching the show, freaking out. Like, you can get up on the back. I mm-hmm. knew it. <laughs> I feel like Jawa ships were only created so there could be like fun action sequences like that because they don't really seem functionable. Uh, like with all the slats opening and all the ladders and stuff, it just looks like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's to set up for some kind of fun fight scene. It's like a board cube. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> also, the sin about the bumper sticker and pointing out, so there's one Jawa family on this entire like fortress ship that carries so many Jawas. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, how how the sin flowed for the neck proportions for Candace, but saying that she's one stiff breeze away from spinal detachment. <laughs> Just the verbiage of that cracked me up. Um, I was wondering if my wife had written that sound because she works with <laughs> bracing and stuff. It was alarming to see her in that yeah. way where her entire neck was just this black like tube sock and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, no, shit. Yeah. Really? No, that would be like a medical issue. Like you would have to get that taken care of. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, in the same vein of performance, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the um, delivery of the entire sin about like uh, the bum 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 like going off on improv powers for mm-hmm. the narration. Uh, that was a fun sin to write because it was one that I, I shot over to Aaron and then Aaron was like, what if we did this? And we just kind of like uh, put a couple of ideas out there and, and Aaron had in his mind how he would deliver it kind of to what you were saying earlier, Jonathan. So it's like you know, hearing it and seeing it all in the editing process coming together where he turns away from the mic and is like, guys, what do you mean by funny? <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a fun it's just a way where we're trying to have and we genuinely are having such a good time with these scripts um my final one though is trolling the audience with george lucas rolling over in his grave and people flooding to wikipedia to and like don't scare me like that like you don't scare me well yes i know he's not dead guys it's okay (laughs) it's all right it's everything's fine it's okay everything's fine what about you, Aaron? Uh, you mentioned most of what I had here. I wanted to mention the Bantha Hole location. Uh, <laughs> comments very uh, pleased to point out that um, you know the hole would not be above the tail uh, on an right, animal. Right. So you know, but, but, but it did look st- like that. We still had to figure out like, oh nope, there's the tail. So right. that's where the butthole would be. Okay, yeah. which again makes us think about pooping, and so that's why we said it. Yes, yes, we definitely want to do that for Jonathan. Uh, this one actually, <laughs> this actually uh, was for Jonathan uh, calling the. Tuscans, the Tuscan Raider Nation. Uh, yes, that was, <laughs> I appreciated that. That was a shout out to uh, Jonathan Raider Nation, the, uh, who are now the Las Vegas Raiders. And I still want to say that franchise is undefeated as a franchise. <laughs> nice, very good. Two very and good. zero, baby. Vegas, man, just move your sports team to Vegas if you want to win. Well, and it still works because uh, Al Davis, their slogan was "Just Win, Baby." So now it's like "Just Win in Vegas, Baby." It works. It works perfectly. perfectly. Works perfectly. Uh, because if these two kiss, I may not recover. Uh, made me giggle. And then the other one I wanted to mention was, seriously, if I microwave popcorn and then take a baseball bat to the microwave, would it turn back into kernels? 
actually would it <laughs> it's like the narrator having a second thought of wait i've never tried that <laughs> so but you see that in shows or movies where it's like oh all we got to do to change them back is destroy the machine and it's like how does that work uh so anyway i wanted to bring that up <laughs> all right we can uh we can move on to uh gray's anatomy we did another Grey's anatomy not. <laughs> episode <laughs> it's the end of the world this was a hughes watkins script uh jonathan and uh danae writing on this one um yeah i i have not seen anything about these that makes me want to watch Grey's anatomy i'm just not interested at all <laughs> based on well, what i'm that's seeing not here anything new that's not new from the last time nope, we no talked it's about not Grey's. so you guys talk about it but it is interesting because watching these old ones makes me wonder why i'm still watching it you know what i mean right yeah this was i will say this season though I quit watching like I don't know a couple years. I probably quit watching like four seasons. Whenever, whenever Izzy saved that deer, that was when I quit watching. I'm like, I'm done with this fucking show. But I do remember in that second season, it was just so insane. Every every week was something crazy, and it's it was nuts. kind of exciting in a weird way. Like you know, yeah. like it was like, oh, this show is just going for it. Like I don't know what they're gonna do after this though, and and they didn't know either, and that's why the show got boring. But uh, but Danae's still watching it, so maybe maybe, maybe not. Maybe they should call it Craze Anatomy. Maybe. C-R-A-Y. Oh, I like it. The other thing I, like I find it. interesting about this series, though, is like all these people, too, like all these people keep dying. Like this has to be like the worst hospital. Like <laughs> right? if I was, That's right. if I, like I would, do not take me to Seattle Grace. Like it, just drive me three hours to somewhere else. That's right. I don't care. I um, think they eventually sort of address that problem at yeah. some point, you know, like we got to do different and they start to shift it more into the storytelling of relationships Mm -hmm. rather than the crazy store, like the crazy things that could happen in Mm -hmm. a hospital. Um, Cause yeah, that's, it's just a death trap. (laughs) I love this. I love this guest cast though. Cause like we, we gave Christina Ricci a sent off and then I discovered Mm -hmm. she was nominated for an Emmy. Rightfully so. She's really good in this. Kyle Chandler shows up, you know, as the, uh, as the, as the bomb guy there at the end. He's more in the second episode, the second part. But, uh, but I always like to see Kyle Chandler. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, this was a pretty, this is pretty typical episode around this time period for this show. Kyle Chandler, rest in peace, early edition. Do you remember that show? Anyhow, yeah, no, sorry. that was like the first time I ever saw him on anything. Yeah, that was a cool show. That was where he what he uh he could see the next day's news. Was yeah, that what he it got was? the next day's newspaper. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I remember the commercial for that one mm-hmm. or concept. the advertisement. Good concept. What were you gonna say today? Um, th- I think the standout for this one is Christina Ricci because when you watch this episode, she really does give a super great performance mm-hmm. considering the craziness that's going on. Um. As she's understanding like this insane thing that's happening around her where her hand is on a bomb. You don't know if it's going to go off, which realistically it should have already, as we point out, as Jonathan does a great job of pointing out. Um, And then but then there's this moment we don't play a lot of it, but there's this moment when um, everyone is supposed to leave the room. And the head surgeon goes out to talk to the bomb squad. And the only people that are in the, the room just to kind of minimize equipment and everything is uh, Christina Ricci's character holding the bomb. And then the guy who is squeezing the uh, bag to keep the man on the table alive. And all of a sudden, he just turns into this really interesting guy who's struggling with, like, he doesn't want to die if the bomb explodes. Mm-hmm. And so he incredibly calmly just hands the bag to christina ricci to hold on to so now she's got the bomb in one hand and then she's and she's like okay 
and he says, just squeeze it, you know, just in this. And then he just starts backing out mm-hmm. of the room and he says, I have kids. And then he turns and leaves. And so yeah, she's, that's a cool scene. It was really intense. And I can kind of be like, wow, that's such a dick move. But also I get it in a weird way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, they try, they kind of try to, because they even have a comment early on, like uh, Isaiah Washington slams him or something early on where it, it's like, clearly they're trying to set him up as a villain. But I'm like, I mm-hmm. don't know. Like, I think a lot of people would do that, whether you think that's right or wrong. What now, I would he- say, what yeah. I would say is I would hope I would be, um, smart enough when i saw something like that to be uh to say unless i'm actually in a room with a bomb i have no idea how i would react you know what i mean like oh, no right 100 yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i know um, i thought that was does, a really interesting moment he they, they do amplify the drama a little cr- crazy because he describes pink mist to her which is the explosion thing and he like describes this horror hmm. like the horror of what would happen if he released to the woman who's holding the bomb and you can just see Richie's acting as she's starting to fall apart and mm-hmm. and and freak out and so then she's left alone to manage squeezing this bag and hold this bomb by herself and the next time you kind of check in with her you can just she's acting so well in that she's genuinely falling apart mm-hmm. uh and i don't know that that makes this episode for me Maybe from time to time there are performances that are like that, but I can't remember one. I I didn't remember this episode because it's been so long since I've seen it. But now being able to watch it, I'm like, man, this was a really good performance. And I'm glad we gave her a send off. She super deserved it because it was really powerful. So you remember that more than the uh, the the shower dream scene? (laughs) My God. Well, that's the thing. Everything else happening around this is garbage. Like you've got Izzy trying to such garbage. Izzy trying. Izzy decides to have sex with Alex to you know because it might be the end of the world or whatever. And then I don't know uh, Bailey going into labor like that's such a lame plot and device they're like to throw peeking in. in on the room that apparently you can just yeah. look in on someone's cervical exam <laughs> it's just it's so sure. a bomb that should have gone off so many times before they yeah. realize George, it's a bomb you know it's George's, stupid George's facial expression though when he's looking at them in the shower was hilarious oh, I was so glad you wrote something about that <laughs> Because it's like it, that dude is trying to look like, real, I love like that he's trying too. to look cool, I guess. <laughs> I love that too. Uh, can I transition us into the the sins yeah, then, since we're talking about him? Uh, the 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 one you just mentioned, I had down uh, the "You shouldn't be crying snot from tear ducts." I thought was really funny, uh, just the way that was worded. Uh, this is the strangest auction I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> great point. It was like going once, going, going twice once? Uh, in that situation. <laughs> what is that? Uh, Izzy oh would be extremely God. proactive at TV sins and then shortly after fired for sexual harassment. Uh, I really <laughs> love that. Uh, and then, of course, the uh, the Jonathan triggering sin of me pep talking myself in the public <laughs> restroom when the deuce wants loose. <laughs> uh, it was really great, though. No, I love the sin. I mean, I was like, that's a great sin. That's it's really gross, but it's a great sin. Uh, that's the one that that's the one that oh, yeah, um, Barrett, Barrett was like, good God, <laughs> good God. Uh, I'm like that. That's good though, right? Like when your boss reacts, "Good God, that's good." Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Totally. Uh, Jonathan, what about you? What are some that you wanted to mention? Uh, well, you mentioned the shades being open. Where they? Oh no, no. This was a different. Actually, I'm sorry. That is different than them looking in on her. That one part where they had like the shit. You were like the shades are open and they're having like this <laughs> serious discussion. Um, the the in the same thing in the shower scene, critiquing the sponges. I thought was really <laughs> funny. And then they were I, so big. And then the one I put on there, I love that it worked out uh, the way the editors did it. But like where the uh, I can't remember the chief's name, but he's 
just announcing all this crap, like, and they were trying to be so secretive about it. And he's announcing all this stuff in the middle, and that random dude's just walking by, and we pointed the arrow at him. Like, I'm pretty sure he doesn't want this guy to know <laughs> what's going on. Yeah, another incredibly perplexing plot point that they call Code Black. Mm -hmm. Only a certain number of people know about it. So much time passes, no one clues the people in that should know about it. Uh, but then they're just announcing stuff so loudly. It was just, it's just such shit drama. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, we're addicted to it. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Danae, what about you? I did want to, I, I wanted to mention the hairdryer one. I was really nervous writing this in because I didn't want it to come across like a uh, birth shaming. <laughs> um, people can bring whatever the fuck they want to birth. It's birth. Um, but I did, I, I just wanted to be silly. And so I pointed it out and I was just, I was thankful to not get roasted in the comments on that one. But that was one that I was really nervous to stick kind of in the script. Um, but it kind of, it ended up working out. Um, I loved the outtake, the, is your hand touching anything hard? And then it's like, are you flirting with me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was from NYPD Blue. I thought that was uh, just a funny little. <laughs> I didn't know what <laughs> that was from. I, I, I didn't go back and look at the script, but yeah, I, could, I couldn't remember what that was from. That was hilarious. And then the whole auction thing with like, the congrats, the woman at the table, you've won breakfast <laughs> and a private lesson with Brandon, like just, which was from that's a reality. A, that's an SNL sketch, I think. Yeah, it was isn't it? Yeah. Live, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. it was a Chad, I think it was a Chad sketch, right? Might, yeah, had... I think it might have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So those are those are sort of fun to to play on. But you nice. guys mentioned everything else. Nice. Great job, guys. Uh, you <laughs> took a horrible show and made me laugh a lot. Well done. <laughs> uh, speaking of taking horrible things and making me laugh, let's move on oh, to Jake God. Paul, fresh out of London, music video sins. I literally, literally have nothing to say about this video itself. I try, so you guys I can try go. So hard. I try so hard not to judge people. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I'm just oh not going to say anything. I'm what not going to say anything here? about this. Are we dude? skipping for real? Sure, because... let's go right to the video. <laughs> I just I, I don't have anything to say. I don't have anything scary, to say. Scariest thumbnail I've ever I've ever seen in my life though. When they put when they sent that thumbnail to us, I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> well, what's really funny too is we had Annabelle pop and then we had this mm -hmm. one pop. You know, like where we saw mm -hmm. both of them mm -hmm. and the comment was like, "Which is scarier, the Jake Paul or the Annabelle <laughs> thumbnail?" <laughs> It's definitely Jake Paul. <laughs> uh, I know nothing about this dude. Nothing sounds good about him, though, that I've heard. So I just kind of like, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's definitely a, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all situation I mean, I feel like me, the so. only thing positive you can say is his brother might be worse. But uh, <laughs> sure. his brother's the one sure. that took the pictures in the suicide forest and posted them. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, let's let's just let's just talk about the sins, shall we? Uh, I'll, I'll just ju I'll jump into a couple if you want me oh, to. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, the let, piggybacking on the picture, giving a thousand <laughs> sins for the for the picture being worth a thousand sins. That was fun. Um, I was like, oh yeah, that's what you're supposed to do here. That's that's super super great. Uh, and I don't know. I just there's a, there's a several other that I kind of pointed out, but I think you guys are gonna pop them. So that's just the one that I wanted to to comment. Okay. Um, I make don't it, know. Make what, it quick. I don't know what we're talking about, but I can confirm there's definitely some alien language uh, communication <laughs> going on. I thought was yep. was really good. Um, I don't need new friends. I don't like fake friends. And then the sin is just noted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. That's a, so that's good. one we used to do a lot in music video sense. I don't think that we've used that one in a while. And Barrett put it in there, which I thought was oh, great. Oh, that's fun. And and also just the the writing and delivery on look writing lyrics is hard uh just you know <laughs> yeah, as if yeah. the narrator is having some compassion uh, oh my god for the lyric um, writing in this i thought was great what about I you had, 
add that the only thing I had that you guys had mentioned was just at the beginning, Barrett doing all the different words, using ass, just like trying not to talk about the ass, but then using it in all the words. Cause <laughs> can I just say, ass. can I just that say opening is one of the weirdest things so, I've ever seen. And so much, but in fact that we had to blur the crack, which we don't always do. Yeah, right. Like no. it's just, was and it we the did angle? It first. It's really funny you said that. We didn't at first, and Barrett actually said basically what you said. He's like, look, this is weird, but there's so much butt in here. I think we just have to blur the crap. Yeah. <laughs> <It's just laughs> so much butt, we had to go the extra mile with our blurring. But that, um, that whole opening, it's like 20 seconds. And, and that video is only like yeah. two and a half minutes. And yeah. it's like just 20 seconds of just... I don't know what it is. Like I, like I'm just like I just want to be in this dude's. I probably don't, but I kind of want to be in this dude's mindset for like just ten minutes because I just I want to know when he was coming up with the concept of this video. Like I'm gonna be over here eating bacon, <laughs> drinking orange juice. You're gonna be laying on your stomach in you're a thong. You're gonna be laying in there with in your thongs. And and here's you're what gonna we're be... gonna do with the camera. Uh, this, <laughs> this, this this just just follow me here. We're yeah. gonna have it follow the back of your legs right into your butthole. And that's just going to be the camera <laughs> movement for about 10 seconds. Let's complain about lift. Classy. And, Very um, classy. Oh, and, man. Uh, yeah, and we'll yeah. make fun of a dude's dick size. That's what we're going to do for the first 20 seconds of wow. this video. Wow. It's there, there are some times when you watch things and you're like, I just... <laughs> I think that that's just it for me. That's just the nail in the coffin for this artist. You know what I mean? Well, or for the culture thing is, in we've general. Covered, we've covered yeah. videos of his before, and like nothing prepared me for this. Like I, I just, I just, I don't know what this is. Like yeah. I just, I have no idea. And this will be we like tried. ingrained in my brain. We, we tried so hard not to talk about the video itself, and yet here we are. Wait, here we are. We got to the butts, well, and we just lost it. I can't even tell you what's wrong with it. I can just, right, it's just right. one of the weirdest things I've ever, there's like a mariachi band They're they're They've like got a stage with a crane behind it. And yeah, I don't know what that's about. Anyway, let's, uh, he's, let's very, move to, uh, he's very happy about his house. Let's move to uh, something with at least a little bit of thought into it and quality. Uh, the book of Eli. This was a uh, Dicer Scott script. Myself and Jeremy writing on this one. Uh, this of course is the, the Denzel is Spoiler alert, blind the whole time and you never knew it uh, movie uh, about carrying the, the Bible across the, the Bible, land. Was the Bible a twist too? I couldn't remember if that was a twist as well, that it was the Bible. Yes, but it was. A, but that's a mid-twist. That's like uh, one okay. of those kind of in the, the early part of the, the movie you, you realize what book he's the talking about. The bigger twist was that he discovers it's in Braille. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, oh. I love this movie the first time I saw it. This is a movie that's right up my alley. It deals with spiritual things. It deals with, you know, religious things. It also is... There's a lot of roads. Yeah, lots of roads, which I love. Uh, and <laughs> and so I really had a good time. There's beautiful camera work in it, which we mentioned mm -hmm. in the Sins video. So I, I just really brothers. had a good time with it. And Denzel Washington is just incredible. Um, so yeah, I had a really good time with this movie. Uh, upon sinning it, I really was aware of, uh, as you are, a lot of the issues. However, I still kind of like this movie. Um, I still enjoy it. So. I saw it. I've seen it once. I don't know. I don't think I saw it like, in the theater or anything. I think I just watched it like it was on cable one night, like a couple years later. But uh, I, I remember liking it. I've never watched it again. I did. I did recall a lot of stuff though when I was watching the video. Like you know, I was surprised at how much I remembered. Yeah. Um. And I did like the twist. And I. I mean, I. It. It, it probably does cheat a little bit, but I still thought I remember looking, thinking back, like no, that was. It I mean, handles that was, it pretty well. It yeah, handles it, it handles pretty, it pretty well. well. It handles. And it I like well. the huge. I think the Hughes brothers are 
are fairly underrated directors. I mean, they did. I mean, I mean, Menace to Society, I still think is a fucking masterpiece. But uh, I don't know that they've ever come close to that. But uh, but this is a solid movie. Um, Guys, I have to do something now that I just I don't want to do. And I'm so sorry that I have to do this right now on the show. But um, we didn't hear what Barrett had to say about Jake Paul. And uh, we're going to have to go back to Jake Paul. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just hey, for a second. I have God, some you good scared me. I, I thought ha- something had happened. I have some good news. You, he d- never told us. Yay! We can <laughs> stay with Book of Eli. But let's hear what Jeremy yes. has to say about uh, Book of Eli. He actually wrote quite a bit. So let's jump into it. He says, the Book of Eli is very entertaining, if silly, post-apocalyptic adventure. Silly, huh? That's interesting. I think like comedy when I think silly, but I didn't pick that it up. It is an when interesting watching... adjective. Yeah, I think he yeah. means just like it's um, ridiculous at points. Gotcha. I think is okay, what he okay. means. Yeah. Uh, this movie asks a lot, though. It asks you to believe that some kind of c- catastrophe wiped out nearly every human being, but less than a year later, it was safe to go outside, and that all copies of the Bible were found and destroyed except for one, which is in Braille. The biggest ask is that you, the audience, believe Denzel actually does all the shit he does in the movie while being blind. There are a dark cornered cult group that claim his character is not blind, but is merely able to read Braille. And to those people, I give the finger. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, he's blind. I mean, there's no doubt about that. You no, know, he's just he's just saying that the Braille you yeah. read with your fingers. He's just saying I give the finger as in like I read the, the story. <laughs> oh, I see, I see. <laughs> okay. When I started reading that, I thought that that was like in the movie. There was a a dark group of people. Oh, no, 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 no. There's there's a group who defend Denzel in this movie by saying, no, he's actually not blind. But that is not true. That is not true. Objectively not true. (laughs) You have to be working pretty hard to excuse movie bullshit if you believe he's sighted, but just casually happens to read Braille. He continues by saying, fuck you. The highlight of the movie is a pair of minute-long one-shots of gunfire action at the climax of the film. The camera zooms inside the house via window, pans back and forth for dialogue, goes back outside through a bullet hole. There must have been so much passing of the camera there, it's ridiculous. Gary Oldman is chewing it up, and Mila Kunis is good. Denzel is subdued but great. The biggest problem, aside from being a blind ninja, is that he has been walking west with a book for nearly 30 years and still hasn't hit California. Someone needs to plot his journey over the U.S. map with a line and the sounds of yakety sax. (laughs) Sorry, I gave a little sound effect for you there. I don't know why that happened. No, it's like it's like you read my mind. I was like, is that the one that goes? And then you started. I'm like, yay! Was that Benny Hill? (laughs) Yeah, Benny Hill used yakety sax all the time. Gotcha. Okay. He uh, he gets near his concluding thoughts here by saying, I could walk to California in a month. Easy. Ooh, challenge. Do you think he could? Could you walk to California in a month? I thought when you were saying challenge, you were, I thought you were talking about whatever you were doing with your hair. I was so confused. They were like, oh, I can take my hair out while hey talking guys, to you guys. Watch this, guys. I can unclip this and talk at the same time. Uh, I could walk to California in a month, easy, and a blind guy should still be able to feel the fucking sun and know what direction he's traveling. Also, also, Tom Waits is in this movie for no reason at all. He's a shopkeeper that charges Denzel's iPod. He's got three lines. Fucking waste. I fucking love this movie. I hate its flaws, but I love it. 
I both love and hate that Alcatraz oh, is yeah. where the people are, sorry, where the book people are holed up. But because that's cheesy, but it also makes perfect sense. That's about it. I like how Jeremy has sometimes like these internal struggles. I feel like I love here. I love when he does this on Sendcast where it's like, I guess it's a movie. Like when he's talking about a movie, I guess he thinks that like objectively it's not the best. But he loves it, and it just seems like this inner struggle of what he should say about it. And I'm just like, just say you like it. Who gives a shit? Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> but he does. He has like the, that's what, it, that's what it made me think of when you were reading that, because that's exactly how he talks about a lot of movies. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm very good at reading now. It's part of my job. Yeah, you can even take your hair down while you're doing it. It's amazing. I know. I know. I I can you're, do. I can multitask. God, I, I, I didn't know girls could do all those things. I know. It's impressive. We have brains. It's very impressive. Uh, <laughs> Danae, I uh, this I am. My understanding is you watched the first part of this video, uh, got triggered by an animal death at the beginning, and did not watch the rest of it. Is that the case? I got a little ways into it before I was like, okay, I'm I'm seeing enough here that I'm not having a good time. Yeah, I and I'm about struggling. That. Yeah. So. Yeah, I just decided to kind of like let it go. Was there anything in that um, time that you wanted to mention as far as the the video itself goes? Yeah, I had uh, three things that I just sort of wrote down as far as sense goes. Uh, one was going to go ahead and watch uh, add watch Denzel watch Denzel washes own balls by firelight to the list of things that I never really <laughs> needed to see. <laughs> I love that that um, happened after you said you were a good reader. By the way, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> it's I'm a good reader Always. for about 12 seconds, and yeah, then no, it falls apart. That would absolutely happen to me. I'd be like, I'm really good at walking, and then I would just fall on my face. <laughs> uh, two roads diverged in a gray scale landscape, neither promised color. I don't know why. I just thought that was really <laughs> that fun. was uh-huh. hilarious. That's good. Um, but the one that I wrote, this is what I wrote in my notes. Okay, Aaron. So I'm <laughs> pinning this one on you. Without soap, you wouldn't have to keep replacing the good oils that is removed with lotions and powders and other products. <laughs> that was a you, right? What? No. That was a hundred percent you. Yeah, that was me. That, that was definitely me. Um, that's about as far as I got. I mean, I have plot questions. I I'm curious enough to like read about this. It looked like a really interesting story, but it really yeah, is. that's as far as I got. I, I think it really is. Jonathan, what did you uh, have from this video? Um, I really like the you did the B I B L E because that's the book for me. Mm-hmm. That, that yep. brought back that brought back memories of things. Um, you cannot smell age. I've tried. <laughs> I've really tried. Fun. I've tried. <laughs> um, who who wrote people from Missouri? That was me. That was. Me. I was wondering if that was Jeremy like trolling you in no. the script. No. It that I, that sin just cracks me up because he yells <laughs> "Show me" so loud. <laughs> show like, me. Is that really a Missouri thing? It's the yeah, show that's me our state. Motto. It's, it's the show me it's state. The state motto. Oh, that's right. I was just I thinking said that it was, way too excitedly. <laughs> no, I just forgot. Yeah. I was saying it was funny to me because I know you guys are from Missouri, so that's why it was funny to me. I wasn't <laughs> even thinking about the the show me part. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jeremy singing Green Day was excellent, mm-hmm. and. Um, I love the uh, I love the Batman Forever outtake. That was perfect. I don't know who put that in, but that yeah. lined up like perfectly with him walking and talking. And- yep, yeah, it's <laughs> good stuff. Uh, I would also mention, but it got sepia's nose. I just thought that was funny uh, when he was talking about the color scheme of the movie. Uh, so funny. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I also wanted to bring attention because you mentioned the B-I-B-L-E. I, I slipped a few kind of evangelical upbringing sins in here mm-hmm. that people in the comments are are loving because uh, many of us have, have dealt with them. But someone's been doing their sword drills was 
was one that I kind of went back and forth on putting in the script because I didn't know who, who would necessarily know what that was. But I found it too good, the fact that he is so good with an actual sword and then, you know, that he memorized the the Bible uh, to be yeah. able to repeat it at the end. Because sword drills, if you don't know, are when you have like drills on what verses you've memorized in the Bible. Oh, um, I didn't know that. I thought because, I, was, I was actually going to ask you, is that when two guys pee and they try to cross the streams? <laughs> yes. Yes, that is also what it is. That's, uh, that's very swords. much part of evangelical upbringing. Um, <laughs> Penises sound so fun like that. Like being what? able to do that kind of stuff. That yeah. just sounds cool. <laughs> Penises maybe are when fun. You're a, maybe when you're a kid. Yeah. <laughs> when you're a kid, so yeah, right. Like if Aaron and I were doing it in the mid-40s, like that'd be weird. But Denise, I, right, I think, like, I think I think a lot of times we forget as men, like, how cool it is that we can just aim our pee. Like, you know, we right? just, we have a hose and we can just aim it wherever so we want to go. I remember, like, in elementary school in the men's room, some of the guys would see how far, who could pee the, from the farthest away and right, still get course. it in the urinal. Yeah. And this yeah. one dude, man, all the way way back at the wall yeah. and just nail it and over just, the I mean, stanchion when you're eight years old that is badass <laughs> well yeah. there was that one um music video that we reviewed where it was it was like a really pastel candy like scape and there was that guy sitting up yeah. on like a ledge and he was peeing off of the ledge mm-hmm. yeah or at oh, least yeah. that's the joke yeah I, I can't remember. I know. I, I'm trying to. I know what you're saying too, and I don't remember if it was. Into, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. I, it, anyway, and I, I just we had it. a conversation about like how difficult it would be to like get that arc. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I have penis envy. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Totally. Anyway, carry on, carry on. Uh, so yeah, so the sword drills one was the the other one I wanted to mention because the the Bible is called the the sword of truth, and so that's where that comes from. Oh, the idea that makes you know. sense. I've just I've never heard that before. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So you're just like quizzing each other on scripture. Yeah. It's like who can who can get there the fastest, you know, kind of thing, uh, and and knows the verse. Did you guys uh, ever do like a name that tune game where? It was like I could name that verse in two words or something. <laughs> okay. Your... Well, you say that you're not far off of Bible quizzing. No, that I, sounds like yeah, something that would Bible happen. Bible quiz. Bible quizzing is yeah. like that, where it's like you, you the, the okay. So the way we Bible quiz with with jump seats. I don't know if you remember these, but you basically your butt sits on points of contact that mm-hmm. uh, break an electric current, and then when you stand up, like your whoever stands up first, the first electric current to get to the judge will light up. And so, you know, it's all about jumping and you would try to memorize verses so that you could jump at the earliest, you know, point. So it really is kind of a name that tune kind of thing. Like you would try in the least words possible to know what Bible verse they were saying. I was just thinking, because if that hasn't happened, I'm going to create that shit because that sounds (laughs) nice. That sounds like a game. The Parker brothers would be like, yes, we want that. Yeah. Yeah. Sword Drills by Milton Berle. Um, or Mil- Milton Bradley, Milton Burl. What am I doing over here? What is what is even happening right now? Let's move on. Let's just go on to the next one while we still have brain cells. All right, Annabelle comes home. Was an Atkinson Watkins script. Chris and Jonathan writing on this one. I uh, have never seen this movie. I assume Danae has not seen this movie. Um, so we're down to Jonathan and Chris telling us about this movie. This is you've seen you- the first two though, right? I have. I remember. Yeah. I remember you reviewing the second one, saying like I didn't like this, but people that like these kind of movies might like it i, I don't know why i remember yeah, that yeah um, i have i've watched the first two why don't we start with uh, chris's thoughts annabelle comes home is nothing but a huge ad for another conjuring movies 
wait, wait, for other Conjuring movies. Guys, I shouldn't be reading. Okay. <clears throat> um, that's sort of what the Annabelle series has become. The doll is one of the biggest MacGuffins in cinema history because it is the title character and all it does is attract other demons. But Annabelle, um, but does Annabelle the doll have any real wants or needs? No idea. Not sure the movie does either. My favorite thing to pick on in this movie is a small thing, but the idea that the doll is so evil that Ed and Lorraine Warren have to give it two barriers of holy protection is laughable to me. Then they stick it in a glass case. Most reasonable people would probably make it so that nobody could open the, the case easily with a key or even see it or put it in a container that you could simply smash if you wanted, but they pr prominently display this doll in their artifact room as if it needs to fit in with the decor. Some research here. I watched a couple of videos with the real Ed and Lorraine Warren. I saw their interviews concerning the Am Amityville? Amityville Horror. Yeah, Amityville, Amityville. House. What I mentioned, the Amityville. What an interesting word that is. It's a city is in New Amityville? Jersey. Oh. You really don't know Amityville Horror, the movie? It's based on a... Uh, do you not know it either, Aaron? Oh, I know. Yeah, I know Amityville. Oh, okay. I just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just I was shaking uh, my head because I, I didn't expect Danae to know. <laughs> it didn't seem like oh, something well, she would it's know. A, but I mean, she's into true crime and stuff. And I'm not saying this is true, but it's a pretty popular. Uh, it was a house in Amityville, New Jersey, that uh, is supposed to be haunted. Um, mm. And I mean, a, a real house. And then they made a movie based on it and all that stuff. Okay. But, uh, gotcha. And then the Warrens in real life, the actual Warrens. Uh, we're called in to investigate to see if whether it was haunted or not. So. Oh, interesting. Okay. So yep. anyways, uh, Chris is saying that he saw their interview concerning the Amityville house and Annabelle, which is actually a Raggedy Ann doll. Mm -hmm. Well, that's terrifying. And not the greasy, evil-looking, well-crafted monstrosity that they use for this movie. Ed Warren throws down the gauntlet about Amityville horror in what looks like a cable access show. Uh, he, quote, I will pay $10,000 to anyone who can prove the hauntings at Amityville are real. As if anyone could actually do that, and that's Chris's thoughts. Jonathan, what are your what are your thoughts on the the movie? I like it better than Chris. I don't I don't like particularly like think it's that great or anything. But uh, I, this is a weird uh, franchise though, where the Annabelle specific, not Conjuring verse, but just the three Annabelle movies, where I think each one is better than the one before. Like the first one is terrible. The second one is like okay. This one is like as close to good, I guess, as they've got. Mm. It has a really nice cast. Uh, McKenna Grace is in this. Yeah, um, God, McKenna she is full adorable. of grace. You mean? Yeah, she is. Uh, she is adorable with her little bob cut. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, Madison Eisman from the Jumanji, the recent Jumanji movies, is in this. I really like her. Uh, and then obviously Vera Farmiga and um, Patrick Wilson show up as as the Warren. They kind of bookend the film, right? Um, but yeah, no. But he's right. It feels like they're just they're just. Like, I, I mean, I think the basic idea is that, you know, they were just like, oh, let's use the Warren's artifact room and have all these things come to life and, you know, terrify these kids for a night. It's kind of fun, uh, but there's nothing to it. It's There's nothing special about it. It's 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 a lot of cliches and uh, w with some nice performances centered around it. The I mean, it's a nice looking movie. I mean, I'm sure these movies have money behind them, um, but, uh, but, you know, it's fine. It I, I think it's um, I think it's probably pretty good, like, uh I can see this being like a fun audience type pleasing, you know, movie <laughs> like it would be fun with like a packed audience in a theater. I did see it in the theater, but I don't think there were that many people there. Um, but yeah, it's OK. It's perfectly fine. I uh, was not uh, attracted to seeing this movie by the Sins video. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't like it. No, I don't I, think I you'd have any interest in it. Did you watch the video today? The Sins video? Uh, yes, I did. What are some of your thoughts? Oh, I mean, I thought it was just a yes or no question, so I was super <laughs> it was, excited that it I... It was a yes or no question. <laughs> I was like, I know the answer to this one. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and it looks so terrible. Like, I'm, but maybe it's because I'm biased because I'm just watching the opinions of those who like wrote the script, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah. But it did seem as though I don't understand what Annabelle does, except for that she attracts other demons. But then, like, her purpose is that her purpose, and then like she needs a soul, and then it just seemed like you guys were asking a lot of really legitimate questions. She's supposed to be a conduit, but and so like basically like other other demons can use her uh, to to get somebody else's soul, I guess. Yeah, um, but you know, like it, towards know. the end, it, it just seemed like sense. there's all this stuff happening. There's coins, yeah. there's hands coming out of boxes, there's Annabelle, there's a demon, there's a blonde that was kidnapped. What was that about? She w- oh, no, she wasn't kidnapped. That was like, uh, you're talking about she had the coins on her eyes and stuff. She wasn't the, kidnapped. There was like a blonde in the picture that looked just like the other girl or something. Oh, what was that? yeah, which um, I, I don't know because she didn't really look like her. So that was weird. But uh, but yeah. one of the things that Madison Eisman sees later is like a replica of herself. I assume it's just a demon doing some demon shit. Right. But that's what it seems weird to me is like, yeah. is a scary movie scary when you understand you know, the universe or is it scary whenever you're just throwing a whole bunch of horror stuff at somebody? Who, and that's what it seemed directed, like. Who directed Shazam? What's it? David Sandberg? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he did the second one. He did Annabelle. Um, creation. I can't even think. Creation. And Chris and I, Chris and I have actually sent all three of these. But uh, when we did the Annabelle creation video, uh, David Sandberg tweeted out like a few months later or something. He's like, oh, I just noticed they did Annabelle, Annabelle creation. You know, CinemaSins did. He's like, I could have just told them pretty much everything is demon shit um and so yeah it was really funny so that's kind of what and he didn't direct this one this was this was gary doberman i think but uh but i just that's exactly pretty much like that's just what you're supposed to think i guess this is just demon shit you know it's just yeah yeah and it's that Um, it's that real generic thing i hate too where like ghosts are always or demons like even though they could just get they could just suck your face off right away they start fucking with you like they turn off the tv and they call you and i mean it's just then they get to it yeah yeah I have to say, though, despite the darker content of what, you know, is happening on the screen, um, this script was really fun. What did you like? What were some of your favorite parts? I wrote down like seven or eight that I was just like genuinely enjoying the whole series about like, well, the very beginning, like the holy gum, you know, Mm -hmm. like um, now why don't you put on holy gum on the lock and throw a blessed sheet (laughs) over it? Maybe tie it down with a secret knot of rope. Like that really bugged Chris. Like just everything they had to do to keep the doll like yeah. away from everybody. Yeah, it was crazy. And then also like the seat, like making sure that it was in comfort. Yeah, that was um, hilarious. So good. Uh, the uh, okay, the Bechtel test. Bechtel. Bechtel. Bechtel test. Mm-hmm. Um, remind me what that is again. So the Bechdel test is a thing from, uh, it was a cartoonist, I think, that, that she wrote a book. Uh, her yeah, name is Bechdel. So. And basically she would judge movies or say there's a way you can judge movies by seeing how the women characters act in them. And if there is any scene in the movie where two female characters talk to each other and it doesn't involve talking about a man, you know, it doesn't involve talking about a relationship or a boyfriend or a husband or that kind of thing, then it, you know, beats the Bechdel test or whatever. So in that scene, those two women were talking and then all of a sudden she mentions, hey, did you see that guy behind the counter? You know, kind of thing. Right. And we had that one recently though where they were like, you know, Jurassic Park passed the Bechdel test. Yeah, yeah. It's a silly, (laughs) little test i mean what what's nice about it is is it helps you pay attention to uh female characters and stories and how they're written uh whether they are uh have their own motivations their own individuality but as a test it doesn't mean that a that a movie isn't or is sexist it just doesn't work that way but yeah right right 
Well, I, that's kind of what I got from it, but I really love the delivery of it because before that, this was an A++++ plus 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 movie. <laughs> yeah, I had that written down too. <laughs> Just all the pluses. Uh, that one that one got me. Um, let's see. The uh, mention, the, the dragging, like that's what this movie feels like is the dragging and the sleeping. Mm-hmm. I was such a good burn. What a great burn. Um, or adding 20 cents for being interrupted, like the horror being interrupted, like get to the horror already. Uh, I'm not saying that freely mealy for feely mealy and all this stuff, yeah. <laughs> just everything about that. But there's like this whole run about, you know, the ringer and everything. Mm-hmm. I was really just enjoying um, all that. And then, of course, the outtake uh, for the fifth element, the give me the cash was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's nice to see that pop up. Yeah, uh, I put, I think I put cable guy in there when he, when Jim Carrey runs oh, up funny. to sure. Yeah. But we've used that one a bunch. So I was really happy that Chris put something different in there. Cause yeah. that was hilarious. Give me the cash. I like the, uh, do not get, uh, as the finisher, uh, for one of the sins I thought was really funny. <laughs> uh, that fog looks like it's about to wrap itself around Ed and make some little fog babies. Made yeah. me laugh. Uh, frosting on before putting the cake in the oven. We had what two cake frosting sins this week. What is it with we us? Did. How do we do that? The well, other one, and that was one of those where I'm writing. I'm writing about it being burnt and like the frosting's not going to help. And then I was like, oh wait, and she put frosting on there before. And then I started thinking about that. And I remember my wife was home when I was writing. I went there. I was like, you don't put frosting on a cake before you put it in the oven. Do you? She's like, no, never. And I was like, oh great, so that's a sin too. You know, it was like that's like so the, funny. The process well, of writing this. Uh, Danae wrote one in the uh, the Phineas and Ferb Star Wars about mm-hmm. the frosting. You know, putting the frosting on right after it was out of the oven, and so I just so mm-hmm. weird how those things happen sometimes. Um, oh no, we, we we frost it before it goes in. We frost it after it comes out. <laughs> there is a perfect frosting time, and yes. nobody got it this week. Nobody's getting it. Uh, oh no, the milk is the the milk is moving by itself. These demons are evil. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there were a lot of those in this and, and, uh, where it was just like offsetting what is supposed to be horror with just stupid comments, which I love. There was the, any pizza left, uh, which really made oh, me that laugh. Was, that was one of my favorites uh, when Chris wrote that. And then the, uh, so the, uh, you're dead to me feely mealy. Uh, I lost it at that one too. Yeah. Chris really went off on feely mealy. As you should. It's um, great. As you should. Yeah, I had the I I wrote this in about the um the about it being a real game, but you know, they were not taking the turn. The, you know, that um I actually put that in here, I think, that she would be um what did I say? Mary Ellen would be terrible at board game instructions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. all the other ones was just Chris going off on this game. <laughs> like, yeah. I felt like it almost felt like he had a real personal connection to it. I don't think he does, but uh <laughs> but it was just really funny. Um but yeah, I also liked the bit at the end where she said sitting there at the table and we had to send couldn't they bother to show up on time so judy didn't have to sit there thinking the world hated her and, they, and then we cut to judy just sitting there with like nobody at her party yep. um i i really liked uh, say anything if it happened during watergate mm-hmm. um guitar hero was also another one um and and danae was talking about that about the two pictures you know like oh she looks just like you and we did the so yeah she has blonde hair it's uncanny yeah it's incredible <laughs> yeah and then i love that chris wrote the bit where it was like the sixth sense thing so would you say you see dead people yeah <laughs> 
no, it was really fun. We had a blast. It's it's, it's really cool that we've like done all of them together. So we kind of, um, you know, we can kind of play off on that too. Like, we, mm-hmm. you know, we've written these, we've written these together. So it was kind of fun. Um, they they seem to always come out well. That's why I keep assigning you and Danae to Star Wars stuff. Cause you know, you're yeah. so oh, good no. with it and it's just a tradition now. No, so. so good. <laughs> oh, I did want to mention real quick though. The discount Karen Shipka was really funny too, because uh, Kernan Shipka, because she does look just like her. And uh, and then I just randomly found out I had forgotten about this, but she actually played young Kernan Shipka or Kieran Shipka, however you say it, in uh, Sabrina, uh-huh. um, the new Sabrina show. Uh, she played a younger version of her in that. So that worked out really well. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's interesting. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, mm-hmm. those are my dogs. Mm-hmm. Those are my. Uh. Every time I, I talk, wow! Uh, is this how Aaron feels when we're um, okay? We're gonna try this. Uh, I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com/bts. So go fill it out. All right, let's move on to keeping tabs. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. We're just going to talk about uh, something we did in research or getting ready for these videos. Something about the process of making these videos that stood out to us from this week. Uh, What do you guys got? You know, I'm going to just go first because I'm a disappointment. I don't, I didn't do hardly anything interesting for my scripts. This Like, I didn't have much. Well, you already knew so, everything about Star Wars. So you right, didn't, yeah. Yeah, you didn't have research. any research on Star Wars or Grey's Anatomy. I, 
I usually write something down as I'm, you know, putting things together and I didn't write anything down. And then I was, I was uh, trying to figure it out before the show. And I'm like, I just don't think I did any fun research, but I did do some research during the show today about bees knees. So we can just say, yeah, that's, that's true. true. That's you, true. You did watch all those head and shoulders commercials though. I was going to say, did. you didn't do you, any research on sponge that. sizes or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> crevices or <laughs> she reenacted. She, she got a couple friends and reenacted the scene for Justin. So she could kind of figure out what, <laughs> right. Hey, listen, for research. listen, for I, research. I will say it so Danae doesn't have to, but if you're cleaning your crevice, crevices, man, you got to do that with your hands. She's absolutely right. You can't, you can't do that with sponges. It just doesn't get all the way in there. No, it, it doesn't. I mean, you can kind of like do the outer area. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But sponges if you're really go so far. Absolutely car wash size sponges. <laughs> oh, no, not... they, were, they were ridiculous. That was like a mixture of like a, a car wash fantasy. Yeah. And a shower 100%. fantasy. Yeah. A hundred. Yeah. And, yeah. and then the actor didn't know how to play it. So that was interesting. Everything about that scene was just He was so deer bizarre. in headlights angry. That was confused. Like, that was like, it was kind of the same thing kind of in the Jake Paul thing, the beginning with the women on the, but it was kind of like an, uh, it was a very non, it was a very unsexy, sexy scene. Right. It was. <laughs> It was really strange. I was like, uncomfortable. You have like three beautiful women like naked in a shower bathing each other and you're just kind of like, this is just weird. And like, you're I'm staring not, I'm at him like, <laughs> so messed up. Uh, Jonathan, what about you? What's your uh, cutie uh, tab I guess week? we'll keep talking about Annabelle. Mine was, uh, I looked up the Warren's artifact room because when, when they, we had a scene in there where they showed that thing about Annabelle as their most deadly uh, object or whatever. And so yeah. I looked up other things they had and then I discovered that they had that, um, they had a, they had a wedding dress that causes uh, the wearer to murder people. I mean, obviously this is all supposedly, I don't believe any of this, but um, I, that sounded more deadly to me. And they also had a shadow doll, which can visit you in your dreams and stop your heart. That seemed more deadly to me. Mm -hmm. but, uh, mm -hmm. but no, it was just interesting. I was looking, and apparently they have a museum because... Um, um, are they both dead now or just he's dead? I can't remember, but they have a museum where they put a lot of this stuff. So I was just looking up different things they had in there. They have a, the Perone family music box, which was the, that's the family, that's the family in real life that they, uh, focused on in the first Conjuring movie. Uh, they have an organ that supposedly plays itself. Which I thought organs did that. Like there aren't there organs that play it themselves. Well, there, like, there, yeah. cer there certainly are uh, or <laughs> organs. Player pianos. Player pianos. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure this is not one of those, and they're saying it actually does. <laughs> That'd be funny uh, that if somebody's like, "Hey guys, hey guys, there's a device in here. I don't know if, you, I don't know if you've seen this. <laughs> it spins." <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> There's a toy monkey in the movie, which is interesting. That actually exists. Supposedly, it was like possessed by a demon. It's like one of those monkeys that like you know plays drums and mm -hmm. symbols. Yeah, or whatever. symbol monkey. Yeah. Uh, they have a conjuring mirror. Uh, they have a lot of satanic idols. They have a supposedly an actual vampire coffin. Uh, they have a brick from the Borley Rectory, which is supposed to be the most haunted house in England. They have mm. a lot of children's tombstones. No clue why. Uh, psychic photographs, and then uh, which Danae mentioned with Chris's thing, the Annabelle doll which is actually this big uh raggedy ann doll which i i guess i don't know if that was a trademark thing like they couldn't use it because it was raggedy ann couldn't get permission or if they just decided to create something that looked creepier but raggedy ann dolls are creepy man so yeah yeah that would have been yeah. that would have been just as scary to me did their uh did their vampire have a cold well, they had a vampire coffin <laughs> why, is, oh why was he why was he coughing 
Hey, hey, Aaron. Yeah. I thought you wanted to wrap the show early today. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's go. Let's move on. Let's move on. We're Listen, that pun, that pun took a total of five seconds, so I think we're good. Uh, all right. Uh, my keeping tabs this week was about the Golden Gate Bridge and the water underneath it. Uh, I did a lot of research on, you know, why there would be ships like on the surface level when the Golden Gate Bridge is right. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, maybe yeah. some of the water is missing, but so, yeah, apparently it's that 300 really feet weird. deep. Um, so yeah, what, why is all that stuff resting on the surface? One of the largest, uh, gatherings of great white sharks is in that area for some reason. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know what it is. I guess it's the temperatures. Could be. Um, but I, I read that one time and I like somebody or somebody told me that as I was driving over the bridge, I was like, Oh, thank you. Really, uh, really appreciated you telling me that story while I'm driving over this fucking bridge. Uh, Um, the, the other thing I researched, uh, or didn't research, but just thought about more. Uh, was the phrase blind leading the blind, which is a phrase that I've used mm-hmm. many times in my life just to be like, you know, oh, that person isn't doing this. Well, you know, it's it, these two people can't get this done. It's like the blind leading the blind. And I've just never really thought about how insensitive that is, you know, to to say it that way. And so, yeah, I, it was one of those things where I was glad to put that in a sin because I kind of had a moment where I realized that something could be taken as insensitive that is just a phrase that I use. And so it was, um, you know, I was glad to be I able to- I can see that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in, I can see that. Same. I mean, I don't think anyone is purposely like mentioned actually thinking about blind people when they say that. But no, no, no. It can definitely be taken the wrong way. I don't think a blind person would enjoy hearing that. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, it was kind of one of those things where it's like, does this phrase actually work here? And then I I got to think, got to because in, in that scene, Denzel Washington, who is blind, is literally mm-hmm. leading somebody else who is blind. And I was like, look, looks like it's working just fine. And then ever, I got to thinking about it, and I was like, well, why wouldn't it? You know, why couldn't the blind lead the blind? It's, it's just I don't know. It just it was one of those things where it clicked with me. I was like, yeah, maybe I don't say that anymore. Have you ever yeah. had a friend or known someone who's blind or acquaintance or anything? Uh, I had a. I think acquaintance would be the way to say. Yeah. It. I actually, I actually wrote a song uh, for a blind uh, blind man uh, who, what? yeah, yeah, uh, went to church with a blind man who I, I just, I loved his attitude, his personality, mm-hmm. and he was always so positive and optimistic, and um, you know, the, he had a way during um, church services of just moving his hands or moving his head or whatever, and I just got to thinking like, what is in his imagination imagination in his world, you know, what does this look like? What does quote unquote worship, you know, look like kind of thing. So yeah, I, I wrote a song for him called Vernon's world. His name was Vernon. Oh, that's um, awesome. That's so cool. yeah. But it's just, I just, I can't even like that would, I can't, cause I, I'm such a visual person. Like, I think I would like, you know, people ask, would you rather be blind or deaf? I mean, I think I would definitely rather lose my hearing, but, um, cause I'm such a visual person. Mm-hmm. You said you would, uh, definitely Rather lose your hearing? Is Aaron, that what you want to move on? Remember? <laughs> Listen, remember? I'm, I'm trying I'm to set ta- a record I, today. I'm taking like five minutes and we're getting on to air. <laughs> I'm trying to set a record a today for horrible puns. Listen, it's going to happen. <laughs> no, I like that one. It's like going to happen. Let's move on to the comment section. I want to know what you're thinking. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. Uh, We're each going to find a comment from the content. Could be from anywhere. Maybe from the YouTube channel, from the Discord, from Twitter, from other various aspects of social media, uh, possibly emails we got, whatever the case may be. Um, Yeah. What do you guys got in your comment section, Danae? Uh, Mine is from our YouTube for the podcast. We have one place on YouTube for all of the CinemaSins podcast. So you can find it at the Sincast channel. And then we have our own playlist for BTS. So Ace Moonshot 
uh, on last, I think it would be two weeks ago's episode for um, episode number 63 says, I'm the kind of guy that uh, commentary tracks on movies that were made. I groove on hearing how the sausage is made. Figuratively speaking, that is, BTS is really great at showing the, well, the BTS. Comedy is hard. Not sure how you grind out so much content without losing your way, Mm. Um, which I thought was kind of a kind of a cool thing. He goes he or she goes on to say it is very impressive then to um, to edit it, get the timing right. Just wow. Kudos to the team, regardless of the alphabet designation. I think I follow most of that ace. And thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that very much. Uh, Jonathan, awesome. um, I this was always one of those moments where I I felt like just I, I felt I, I was really happy to see this comment because we did a sin for Grey's Anatomy that I wrote where the whole thing that was going on with the bomb threat was called a code black and yeah. like none of the interns like none of them seemed Nobody. none of the resident I guess the residents are not interns none of the residents seemed to know what that was and I just thought that was weird but I tried to like research it and I couldn't find anything that told me whether that was weird or not but it still just didn't make any sense. To me so i put a sin and both danae and barrett agreed yeah, that it did. made no sense that they no would sense. know and then so andrew park uh, uh on youtube for the grades anatomy episode wrote i used to work at a hospital as a medical records clerk part-time during college summers i was the nobodyest nobody that existed in that medical complex and on the back of my name tag was a list of all the color-coded bad things or happening codes even See? I knew that code black meant bomb threat. I guarantee you that <sighs> Yang and every other person there would know what that means. I was like, yes. <laughs> Validation. Right. Yeah, because I, 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 I'm always weird about stuff like that. Because I, if I can't find definite proof, I typically don't leave it in. But that just seems so weird to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so much of the plot relied on them not knowing. Yeah. Right. Well, not, I mean, at least a little bit did at that point. No, it, it, so, it yeah. really did. Or at least the audience not knowing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I also can I do one really quick one too from Annabelle because this was another kind of one of those things. As long as it um, sets me up for a pun, I'm fine. Yeah, it absolutely will. We (laughs) kept this. We put a sin. There's a sin in Annabelle comes home. It's Lorraine Warren says it wanted to get inside of you, and then Jeremy says that's no different to most guys when it comes to nurses. Okay, so that scene is in the original Annabelle, and that is the sin from that video for the original Annabelle. And so I put I threw that in, and I told. Chris, I was like, I don't know if we want to make it. We want to actually make them aware that we're doing that. He's like, no, let's just have them read it uh, as is. And if people get it, they get it. But uh, Brad Horn on YouTube, he actually he pointed that out as something he thought was really funny. And then Keo eight or Keo replied, it's funny because he says that exact same thing in the Conjuring video at the same scene. Or it was in the Conjuring. (laughs) Sorry, not Annabelle. Yeah. So I think he said it this time as a callback to the original sin, which we did. Nice. Good job. And I'm so glad at least one person caught that because that made me happy. You did it. Yeah, we've done that recently uh, where we we do a callback like that. And I I like Mm -hmm. that you, you we can take a. Take sins and just kind of nurse them that way, you know, just kind of keep them going. I'm literally just everything coming out of your mouth, Aaron. I'm like, is this another one? Or, <laughs> are, you, are you working on it? Did you just do one? I felt Did like I, he was working on it. I missed it. I, I said, yes, we, we nurse our sins sometimes. And it's a sin oh. about nurses. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it happened. I knew it. It was it just happened. it was in your delivery. I did a thing, guys. Uh, Sergeant Superman says it's time we establish the Darth and Schmertz school of running the wrong way on a moving walkway. <laughs> <Which> yeah, <laughs> and that was really hilarious. Great. 
genius. <laughs> oh my god. And uh, and then I wanted to uh, mention an email uh, I got uh, about copyright discussion that we had oh on the god. last episode. And at the risk of uh, you know winding me up again, um, I, I it was from Dark Rookie, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. And thank you for sending in that email. Anytime we have discussions that activate you to disagree, agree, whatever, send them our way. I, I will say this about the discussion. I did not mean it to be instructive. Uh, I think I threw like a 30 million or 30 years idea out there. That's just to like start discussion because obviously I haven't researched this stuff to that depth. Um, but anyways, they had some good points about, uh, you know, lifetime copyright for the creator while they're alive, uh, that there may be some valid points to that as opposed to corporations who own copyrights after the creator has passed away uh, becomes a little bit different. Or, or, or families. Or, I mean, you've got you've got kids. I mean, that's they're living off their, you know, whatever their parents did because, you know. Right. I'm not saying that's wrong or right. I'm just saying that right. happens. But I'm saying that's a discussion that should be yeah. had because just yeah. the idea of owning uh, intellectual property, the, oh, the whole idea of intellectual property is just, it's, there's so much that's wrong about it. Um, but I Yeah, under, intellect is so weird. But I understand well, the protections. Also, Nobody should use crazy. your brain. I've heard a lot of authors say really weird stuff, like when when they sell movie rights and stuff to their to their. It, it gets really weird. Like uh, Alex um, Alex Cross, James Patterson was asked one time when he was doing the Alex Cross novels, and then he also had the Women's Murder Club novels. Mm -hmm. There were people that would ask him questions like, "Would you ever do a novel where they both were teaming up?" And he's like, "I can't." Yeah. Even if I wanted to, he's like, because one studio owns this character and one studio owns this one. And if I move, if it's like once I put them in this book, then all of a sudden this other studio would have the rights. Yeah. And it's like, what a mess. Like, yeah. why can't you just, it, it doesn't make any sense why it has to be like that. I don't know. The, to me, what that I, doesn't make sense yeah, to me. I, and uh, again, really appreciate the email. And I just want to reiterate, my goal a lot of times is just to start conversation and to have us think about things that we don't often think about, especially when there are systems that are broken. And I think the copyright system is broken. I think yeah, it I needs I had never fixed. thought about it before until you brought yeah. it up. So I, think I it appreciated it. Yeah. Well, there we go. Uh, it was uh, it was the bee's knees. <laughs> let's let's move on to beyond the sins. To infinity and beyond. Somewhere beyond my wildest dream. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Let's chat about something else from the world of pop culture that we've seen recently. Um, I'll go first this time. I got a, uh, a digital screener for Netflix's movie uh, Trial of the Chicago 7 uh, that I was able to watch. It is actually supposed to technically be in theaters here for about three weeks before it comes out on Netflix, uh, which I believe is the 16th of October is when it comes out on Netflix. Uh, this is this wasn't always a Netflix movie, right? No, I don't think this it is was. A Paramount, I think this is. Uh, yeah, and, and so there's a really interesting thing. Like, <laughs> why didn't they use CBS All Access or Paramount Plus or whatever they're going to call it? You know, CBS All Access. Who pays us? That's that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so uh, this is a Sorkin film written and directed. You may know and love many Sorkin films as far as what he wrote. Uh, he also directed Molly's Game. Not sure if you've seen that one. Uh, I think I liked it more than most people did, but I'm also a Sorkinite. I love Sorkin's dialogue. And so. you like poker. And I love poker. So yeah, it was it was right up my alley in a couple ways. Um, and so, so yeah, so it's interesting to see him continue down the director's path. And I think the main thing I would say about this movie, and I'm not going to spoil any of it, although it's based on historical stuff that happened, um, 
during the the riots of the Democratic Convention in Chicago uh, in 68. I think it was 1968 when that happened. Uh, And it's about the trial of uh, people that the government put on trial for inciting that riot. And it kind of goes into a lot of those details. But I mean, you say Aaron Sorkin, you know, courtroom drama, like I'm in. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you know. I was, I'm very excited about this movie. Few Good Men uh, was an Aaron Sorkin courtroom drama, and that's uh, mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Um, so yeah, so I got a chance to see it, and I guess what I would mainly say is that I think this movie announces Sorkin as a director to be reckoned with. I think he's finding his footing as a director uh, and finding a way to keep himself in check that I didn't necessarily think he did in Molly's Game. Um, and, I, and again, I like that movie more than most. But here he is really showing some competence uh, with the direction of, of this movie. So I really enjoyed it. I think it's an A, A minus uh, at least. Cool. Uh, the only thing I think it has going against it is if you kind of, if you feel like the emotion is a little forced, that's going to be, there are moments in this movie that he's really playing the the emotional beats, you know, really doing the the heartstring thing. And it can, if you're tuned into it, feel a little bit forced. Um, however, I think it works. I think it actually works. So um, my wife and I watched it. We both loved it. We had a great time. We laughed a lot because, of course, he's a brilliant writer and he's, he's very humorous. Um, and there are a lot of those cool Sorkin moments. Um, and then we did our research afterwards about like, hey, what was, you know, the real mm-hmm. situation like versus this? And it seems like he's stuck pretty close to what really happened. Um, characterizations are always going to be a little bit different, but uh, but we really liked it. And uh, I think it's great. And yeah, my wife and I will definitely watch this together. She's such a history buff and especially around this era. Yeah, stuff like this just, you know, she loves. So Mark Rylance, uh, go ahead and give him oh, the nomination great. now. Uh, he's absolutely astonishing in well, who's this. he going to have to compete with? Uh, probably just a few other people in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, what's even going to come out at this point? I know, right? I made that joke about, you know, like, you could do Invisible Man for, like, every genre. Why yeah, not? No, you why know? not? Why not? Uh, so, anyhow, huge recommend, huge recommend. I really enjoyed it. Hey. But know that that's coming from somebody who loves Aaron Sorkin and the way that he writes. Yeah, so. I was going to say, super, super quick, let's just do Aaron Sorkin screenplays. Few Good Men, Malice, which I love, by the way. Mm-hmm. The American president i think that's a great yep, movie sure is charlie wilson's war underrated mm-hmm. social network amazing Moneyball, amazing steve jobs amazing uh molly's game and trial of the chicago seven yeah um and then he's written on some tv shows like west wing studio 60 and the newsroom newsroom yeah man. it's ridiculous it's a murderer's row of screenplays i mean he's 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 one of the best if not the best yeah writer yep he's incredible in my opinion um, what about you, Jonathan? What do you got? Um, I watched Enola Holmes last night, which is also Netflix. Apparently, we're sponsored by Netflix this week. <laughs> That's right. On, on Beyond the Sin. No, but uh, Enola Holmes came out last night. I'm a huge, uh, I'm, obviously, I'm a mystery buff, but I'm, I'm a big Sherlock Holmes guy. I've, I've read almost everything, and I've seen almost all the incarnations. This is actually based on a series of young adult novels uh, that came out between 2006 and 2010 by Nancy Springer, and they're all focused on the sister the younger sister of Mycroft and Sherlock Holmes. Uh, her name's Enola. And I've never read these books. Um, I'm going to look into them, though. I, I think my daughter might actually like them if, whenever they become age-appropriate for her. 
Uh, but this is a movie based on the first novel in the series. And there's six six novels that were written in that time period. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things plays the main character, Enola Holmes. Uh, Henry Cavill is in this as Sherlock Holmes. And Sam Claflin plays Mycroft. Um, you might remember him from The Hunger Games. He was... Mm-hmm. I don't remember the guy's name. I don't remember the character's name, but he was like supposed to be like the, like the, like he was like a pretty boy, basically. Like, right. He was like a, I don't know. He was, he was in the, he was in the second Hunger's movie. And mm-hmm. I think in the the last two, but anyways, um, so this is mostly focused on her, even though Sherlock is a character in the movie, it's mostly focused on her. Oh, I should also mention Helena Bonham Carter plays their mother. Uh, I love Helena Bonham Carter. Um, it's a great cast. Um, and it's, it's very much in the Sherlock Holmes tradition, you know, but it's just focused on her solving the mystery instead of Sherlock. So um, it, it's fun. I, I I quite enjoyed it. I'm definitely going to check it. I'm going to see if my daughter wants to watch it. And it, I think it'll be a great thing to watch with her. Um, I think it definitely I think this would be a really cool entry into the Sherlock Holmes arena for uh, young adults. Um, if they want to, if they're interested at all, uh, it's a really fun mystery. Uh, it's really fun performances. Um, the Sherlock part of it though is interesting. I, Henry Cavill, I don't know if he was miscast, but I guess because they're focusing so much on Enola, they kind of, Sherlock has to kind of become almost a different type of character than he is normally, mm. which was kind of odd, but it wasn't that big of a deal. Cause Millie Bobby Brown's so good. And, uh, I really like her and it, which is really good to see. Cause I don't think I've seen her in anything else other than stranger things. So it was kind of nice to see her playing something different. Um, I think it kind of did remind me of, uh, Nancy Drew, the recent Nancy Drew movie that mm-hmm. they did with uh, the the girl from um it um i think it's quite a bit better than that though uh but it did kind of remind me as far as like the it's 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 very much for younger people let's put it that way um but uh but they uh i don't know it's a lot of fun it's very light it's very breezy it's a fun mystery good performances um i think if you're a sherlock holmes fan i don't think you're gonna be blown away or anything but i think this is a nice entry into that um you know into that filmography um i i'm definitely would watch it again i hope they make i hope they adapt some more of the novels um i don't know if they are or not uh, they do leave it open at the end um and i hope they do i would definitely watch some more adventures with uh with millie bobby brown play in this role so nice it's a it's a it's a recommend it's you know it's it's a solid recommend i've heard good things uh i think i'll check yeah. it out this week probably today what do you got uh, well, based on our chat that we had for our Patreon bonus um, episode, I want to talk about my love of drag queens today. <laughs> awesome. Now, listen, um, we have to say it was more than a discussion. It was it was outright chaos uh, <laughs> because whatever this video is, you decided to pull it up and you just you just lost yourself again. So, you know, Sin Club members be looking forward to uh, to that uh, bonus podcast. Yeah, for real. Um, so I I I'm going to tweet this link probably when this episode comes out with the exact moment of of when the hilarity begins. Um, there is a I'll just you mentioned Netflix being this thing. So Netflix on their YouTube channel, they have a series called I Like to Watch with uh, Trixie Mattel and Katja. And, Katja. Mm-hmm. and so um, every once in a while, I'll pop over because the two of those women together are hilarity for me. And so because I watch some of those from time to time and I get genuinely cracked up to tears, um, I've been watching Trixie Mattel's uh, YouTube channel now, and she's just gaining popularity um whomever edits her videos it's really fun it's like the editor has their own personality and so as you're watching this video like 
the editor will put their own like little notes up on the screen too. So it's just a different level of, I don't know, creativity and fun and interaction. And um, I think the amazing, there's so many amazing thing, things about drag queens, but one of the things I love the most is when they have an incredibly acute sense of humor and wit and um, just how Trixie Mattel specifically uh, talks and interacts with her guests and does just whatever random stuff she does. I just can, I can't look away. I find her to be fantastic. So I think I'm going to recommend Trixie Mattel's uh, YouTube channel today. And subsequently the, I like to watch a uh, playlist on the Netflix channel, which I will be linking for you guys. Cool. Very nice. That was... I'm going to tell my wife and daughter about that. Cause I bet they would enjoy that. They love RuPaul. You did that very, yeah. you did that very succinctly and efficiently today. You didn't drag that out at all. Oh my gosh. Let's end the show. <laughs> We're done. That's going to do it for behind the scenes this week. Don't make sure or don't make sure to be subscribed. Sure. Not to this mess. We are so a mess. Like we're a mess. Don't forget to make sure you are subscribed. Go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. You can hang out with us on Twitter. We're at CinemasinsBTS. Uh, we also have individual Twitters uh, that you can follow and chat with. I'm at Aaron Dicer. She is at Danae Says. D-E-N-E-E-S-A-Y-S. And he is at Sam Loomis 13. So for Jonathan Watkins, Danae Hughes, and myself, we will see you next week. But, but what about our P.O. box? <laughs> Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BTS at CinemaSins.com. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting CinemaSins.com slash BTS. your podcast stop listening to stuff it's time to work on your own junk don't say junk because that means your pubic area i'm gonna play some poker so it's so it's an orgy oh yeah well i mean aren't all poker tournaments it, yeah, also it's, orgies it's, it's strip poker yeah not, no i, I just, thought you're talking about texas holding no so no no, no, no. you just have to decide if the orgy is before or after the tournament <laughs> that's really the only decision you're making with poker i'm sorry was that not is that not every poker tournament i'm i get confused sometimes I almost thought about talking about Saul and Beyond the Sins because I'm actually going to watch. I'm rewatching the first four. I'm waiting until I can uh, watch them on a playground so that I can seesaw on a seesaw. Um, <laughs> so. Well, well Aaron, <laughs> you could technically do that. There are parks could, with yeah. seesaws. And you, you can, can watch, watch it on, on a phone. Yeah, exactly. Put your headphones in. Nobody would know what you were doing. Find me one. Find me a seesaw these days. When's the oh last God, time you right. saw a seesaw? Holy shit. I don't know. <laughs> right? Hey, real quick, too. I quit watching Lovecraft Country, which I might actually mention that to Beyond the Suns because I'm kind of going against anything. Well, I mean, I didn't really recommend it, though. I said I didn't know what I thought of it, but I would not watch it. I do not think that show's for you. <laughs> okay, thanks. That show quickly became not for me. I remember you telling me the story about how you recommended uh, that room, that show Room 104 or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah. And then the next week was that really terrible episode <laughs> yes, but with like all yes. the with all the penis pictures. <laughs> yes. Um, that's kind of how I felt because like literally the next week of Lovecraft Country, I was like, whoa, this is not for me. Well, and let's and, and let's be clear. Uh, penises are fine. I don't mind penises no, or pictures know, of penises. Just, it was the just the thing I remember about the right, episode. Yeah, 
it was just the episode itself was <laughs> was really bad. But that's the thing with an anthology sometimes too. Like I still love Room 104. Like I feel like it's got a pretty good success rate. I do too. On that its was episodes. probably the worst episode. Yeah. That was probably the worst episode. Yeah. And it just it's funny that came after you recommended it. <laughs> While we're on uh, while we're on the topic of unrecommending things, uh, I went. I finally sat down, and even though I've got a lot to watch, I was like, I want to laugh a little bit, and I threw on my recommendation from a couple weeks ago uh, on CBS All Access, uh, which is uh, Drawn Together, mm-hmm. and that show is horrible. <laughs> it's oh, like, it didn't hold up at all. Oh man, it is not held up, and it is so problematic. That's unfortunate. It, okay, here's the thing. It is funny, but it does it in a way that I just I'm not down with anymore. Like it's it's I don't know. It's it was an it was a weird experience for me to rewatch yeah, the first like couple episodes like, of that show. You're not pissed you watched it at some point no, in your life. No, you're no, just no. like I don't need to watch it now. Yeah. No, there's shows like that. Last night it was blowing up. Uh, uh, we had conversations about phobias versus triggers going on, yeah. and then we had you that know was my fault. that's okay. No, it's not. It was a fun conversation. It needed to that happen. That conversation is one of my triggers, by the way. So please don't have that conversation <laughs> anymore. <laughs> oh my god! I have because for some reason I also have like three email addresses. I have no idea why I have that many, but whatever. Oh my gosh, <laughs> just three. I was, I was gonna say Shit. I have like fifty uh, now. Well, <laughs> actually, well, yeah. I mean, just three that I that I use at all. Now, one of them is because we changed the Cinema Sense one, and then I just it's easier just to keep the old one and I just have them both uh, the yeah. inbox is open but then my old Yahoo when um, I've just had that forever and so there's certain people that you know I, I just don't want to have to tell people different stuff and that's uh Eddie Watts at yahoo.com yeah right? exactly <laughs> no <laughs> no so I, I I went back and I have this old spreadsheet that has old passwords in it and yeah. at, I'm trying to figure out if I can get into my old Yahoo account just to see if there's anything in there. So anyhow, I go in and I I'm, I, I couldn't find figure out my password. It wasn't my normal password. So I went to this old spreadsheet and the and the password was Yahoo is making me mad one. That's <laughs> 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 uh, for sure going to be an outtake. Why do I say things out loud? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 